Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. Come on, give God a big shout of praise today. Thank you, musicians. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 4. We'll look at verse 1. And um, I want to thank um, all our leaders and volunteers and our musicians and our worship team and our connectors and those who serve in our media and audio and and I just I'm very thankful for them today. I want to welcome uh, our online uh, audience this morning. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being part of Remnant Church today. Uh, I believe God's going to speak to us this morning through His Word. It's the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance. Today I'm going to talk about the goodness of God. The great, uh, wonderful gospel of Jesus. I didn't come with bad news this morning. I came with good news this morning. You hear me? I come to talk about Jesus today. I didn't come with bad news. I came with good news. I came with no reservations. I'm not worried about contradicting myself this morning. I've come to declare the gospel today. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16 says, It is the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. To everyone who believes the gospel, this message of Jesus, the grace of Christ is the power of the gospel. I want us to look at Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. Now I say that as long as an heir is a child, he differs no way from a slave, though he is owner of everything. Instead, he is under guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. In the same way also, when we were children, we were in slavery under the elements of the world. When the time came to completion, that means at the right time, at the appointed time, God sent his son. Now that you should have shouted right there. See, I think you get it, and then I realize you don't get it. Because when you get it, you'll say something. When the appointed time came, when it came to completion, at the right time, God sent his son. There we go. Born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then God has made you an heir. This morning, I want to talk about what God has made us. 
The first thing I want to point out is this. The best news, God gave us Jesus. Amen. God gave us Jesus, born of a woman, under the, made under the law, living under the law. This is so important because understand Jesus was both the son of God and at the same time he was the son of man. He was God and he was human at the same time. He felt what we felt. He knew the struggle of sin. He knew temptation. He never gave in to sins, understand that, but he knew what it was like. In fact, he, after he was baptized, it should be an encouragement to some of our new converts. After Jesus was baptized, he went into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, and he had to fight the devil. You understand? Satan tempting Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He knows what it's like to go through this world and to be tempted yet Jesus because yes he is the son of man but he's also the son of God being tempted but not giving in to temptation and it was because he came to this earth and he came to this earth in the flesh and he knew what it was like to have be tempted but not to give in temptation and to live a perfect life for 33 years this made him the candidate for the cross because he didn't give in to sin because he lived a perfect life and God said at the right time when the time is right you're trying to do this on your own you're trying to uh, live right and try to earn God's goodness and his righteousness the Bible says it was the elements of the world if you look back at verse 3 he said that uh, we were in slavery under the elements of the world. What does that mean? The elements of the world. That means uh, this is a system based on philosophy that you were to perform. And if you performed good enough, then, then God would bless you. But if you did bad, then God would curse you. I'm so surprised that we think, as Christians, we still think that's how God works. That if we perform good enough, God will bless us. But if we don't do right, then God's going to curse us. I see a lot of Christians talk about karma. There's no such thing as karma for the child of God. You better hope there's not. You better hope there's not karma. If so, we all, if we get what we deserve, we all get hell. If we get what we deserve, God holds a grudge against us and says, you know what, there's nothing you can do to make things right because I'm perfect and you are not. But I thank God I don't live under the elements of this world. I don't live under karma. It's not about my performance, but it's about what Jesus Christ done over 2,000 years ago. And while he was doing it, I was on his mind. This is the gospel. God doing something for me that I could not do for myself. God going somewhere that I could not go. This is the gospel. This is the hope. This is the message of Jesus Christ. This is what saves the lost. This is what puts marriages back together. This is what heals the broken. It is the gospel of Jesus. God gave us Jesus. And I want us to look at four amazing things as a result of the gospel. As a result of God giving us Jesus, I want to look at four amazing things, things that Christ has done for us. This is the miracle of salvation, you see. The totally, can you give me some more volume? 
Thank you. Totally unnecessary blessings of God. The first thing I want to look at is this. He has redeemed us. Jesus Christ redeemed us. Redeemed means by payment of price to rescue us from the power of another, to ransom, to buy off. Jesus Christ purchased us. The Bible says with his blood, Jesus bought us. Think about it as a slave because that's what the Bible tells us in context. We look in chapter 4, in verse 3, he says we were a slave to ourselves. We were in slavery under the elements of the world, but God sent his son, Jesus, to buy us back, to redeem us. Here's a couple of things he redeemed us from. He redeemed us from the law because we were damned under the law, you see. The constant trying and failing, trying to live up under this rules, these rules and these regulations, which are perfect. Yet we find ourselves trying to live under this law and try to perform to the criteria that God demands. And we find ourselves struggling. We find ourselves failing. (laughs) But that's why I'm reminded today in the song that God is our champion. That the fight is not ours. The fight is His. He redeemed us from the law because we could not keep it. Because we could not... We, we, it was a series of trying and failing and trying again and failing. The constant feeling of never being enough, never being good enough. But God redeemed us from the law. Not only did God redeem us from the law, He redeemed us from the penalty of the law. See, this would be, this wouldn't be such a big deal if there was a way that somebody could keep the law so they wouldn't have to go through the penalty or deserve or receive the penalty of the law. But the Bible tells us we're all born into sin, so there's no way we can't keep the law. That the law came so that sin might increase. That we would see the law as a mirror, and it shows us the perfection of God, and it shows us how weak we are and the fact that we cannot keep the law of God because it is perfection. So not only did God redeem us, not only did He redeem us from the law, but He said, I'm going to... I'm going to die in your place. I'm going to take the penalty of the law. The Bible says the wages of sin, of breaking the law, is death. But he said, don't worry because I'm going to take the death for you. He who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. In our place, he goes to the cross taking what we deserved He redeemed us from the penalty of the law. See, breaking the law is certain. So God said, I'm going to send my son Jesus to live perfect. Where you would miss it, he's going to make it. And still, I'm going to send him to the cross. And I'm going to pour out all my wrath, all my judgment, the penalty of sin. I'm going to pour out upon Jesus, and in his body, Peter said, he bore all the sins, past, present, future. He bore all of our sins 
on the cross. Colossians says, nailing the ordinances with him that were against us, taking them out of the way. This is what Jesus has done for us. Redeemed us from the penalty of the law. Not only did he redeem us from the penalty of the law, he redeemed us from the power of Satan. The devil didn't make you do it. If you done it, you done it. Because the Bible says Satan has no power. Did you know that? That all power, in the last one of the uh, ends of the gospel, all power has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. So the only power Satan has is the power that you give him, that you give up to him. He's a roaring lion. He does a lot of talking. You just got to stop listening to him. Realize that just because it sounds like you, it's not you. It's him. You see, he has redeemed us from the power of Satan. I say this because I know there's two kingdoms. And if there's two kingdoms, then there's got to be two kings. The Bible says he's rescued us from the power and the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the dominion and the kingdom of his son, Jesus. So if there's two kingdoms, there's two kings. He's rescued me. He has delivered me from the power of Satan when he snatched me out of darkness and brought me into his marvelous light. And you know what? There's great blessings when you come up under the lordship of Jesus. I need to say this. Don't just be a peasant in the kingdom. Don't just say, well, I've got protection from the enemy. I'm saved. No, receive the blessings from God. Receive the blessings from the king that rules the kingdom. There's a way he tells us to live. He says, this is who you are. Now this is how you live. And if you'll live like this, if you'll say no to sin and yes to me, if you'll find your security and your identity in me, then I'll pour out all the blessings. So many blessings that you cannot even contain, pressed down, shaken together. These type blessings I'm talking about, you say, Oh, but I thought it wasn't about performance. Well, it's not about performance, but there are some principles in God's Word. And He says, if you'll live like this, this will happen. But I guarantee you, if you chase after your flesh, forget who you are, that's why identity is so important, follow after your flesh, you're going to find yourself in some messes. Can anybody testify and say, I've been in some messes before? I'm talking about after you got saved. You say, I, I got in some messes. Been in some messes. Walked in some messes. Because we follow after our flesh, we forget that this, this identity, that we've been redeemed, that we've been redeemed from the law, redeemed from ourselves, redeemed from sin, redeemed from the power of Satan, living in this new kingdom. It's so important to understand that he has redeemed us from the power of Satan, and now we have the freedom and liberty to walk after him, to live this life. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us because it is written, Curses everyone who hung 
on a tree. I want you to understand this. Jesus became the curse so you could become a conqueror. Jesus Christ died so that you could live. He took on all the sins so that you could live in victory. He took defeat on the cross so you could walk as a champion. His fight fixed your fight. It's done. It's over. Now you rest in him. Christ has redeemed us from the law. So Christ has redeemed us. Point number two, he has adopted us. Now this is why I say it's unnecessary because wouldn't you like if, if you were in the kingdom of darkness and you were and you were under the elements of the world and you could never get to God and it was impossible for you to please him. There was nothing you could do to earn right standing with him and then somebody came in and broke you out. I love that movie Taken. Have you ever seen that? He said, he called, I will, you know, he picks up the phone and I will find you and I will kill you. You know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all too saved. Y'all don't watch TV. I forgot. But for those of y'all that ain't like everybody else, you watch some TV. She was kidnapped, his daughter. Sold into slavery. Sex trafficking. And he went in there and busted her out. And it was, he's bad. I mean, he is bad. That's like how I see Jesus sometimes. Breaking us out. You know what I'm talking about? Getting us out. And you know, I think about this. This is why I call it unnecessary because it would be great if he just broke us out and said, all right, you know, I got you out. I'll just go live your life. Thank you, Jesus. But that's not what he done. He redeemed us. He bought us back. But when he took us back, we were a slave to the elements of the world. But he didn't buy us to make us a servant or a slave. When he bought us, he adopted us. Not to be a slave, but to be a son and a daughter. Hear me now. He adopted us. He elevated us to the place of son and daughter. This doesn't just rescue us from being a slave. It takes us into the family. And this is so important. See, I... You don't run to your owner. You don't cry out to your owner. You don't pray to your owner. You don't take your problems to your owner. But when you're in a mess, you have a place to run. You can run to your father. You know, religion says, oh, no, I've messed up. I can't let daddy know that. Relationship says, I've messed up. I got to go find Daddy, this isn't about being a slave now in a better place. Fact is, you are a son and a daughter. He rescued you from being a slave. He takes you into the family. When you know this, there's nothing to go back to. See, I think the reason why I want you to understand this is because there is nothing that the world can produce to give you what you have now as a child of God. Nothing. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. Look what it says. You did not receive a spirit of slavery. You did. You had a spirit of slavery. You were a slave to sin. 
but I've not given you, you've not received the spirit of fear or slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you receive the spirit of adoption whereby you cry, Abba, Father. This is so important. When you feel like you're slipping and you're falling, you don't go back to performance. You don't go back to say, I'll do more and then God will be happy with me. Do you see that? You don't, you don't receive a spirit of slavery to go back into the elements of this world because you're struggling. Because you're struggling with sin. You don't think, oh God, I've got to do something. I've got to pray more. I've got to read more. I've got to go to church more. That's the elements of this world. No, when you find yourself struggling, realize what's happened. You've got your focus on you. And God says that's a mess. You get your focus on you. It's going to be about you. And it's gonna, you're going to live for you. But you've got to get your focus on the Father. Go back to the Father. Get your focus back on the Father. Not on yourself. I have not given you the spirit fear and go back to the elements of this world but I've given you the spirit of adoption so when you find yourself slipping you run to the father you know we see that in the prodigal son story He's at the pig pen eating the slop of the pigs. And the Bible says he came to himself and said, this is not who I am. This is not where I belong. But then what did he do? He said, I'm going to work my way back. That's what he said. He said, I'll tell, I'll tell my father I'm no more worthy to be called his son. Just make me a servant. He said, I got it. That's what I'm going to do. And he runs back to his dad. His dad's there to meet him halfway. And he goes to give him this speech he has prepared. But the love of the father interrupts him. He doesn't even get it out. I want to be a servant. Just make me a servant. No, the father calls him son and says, go get a robe. Go get a ring. Go get my shoes. Go ahead and put on a, some supper. We're fixing to throw a party. My son who was lost is now found. See, there are no steps here. There's no people who are more saved than someone else. More holy than someone else. You're either saved or you're not saved. There's no degrees of holiness. You're either holy or you're not. And it's not based on what you do that makes you holy or not. It's based on what Jesus Christ has done. He's adopted us. There's, no, there's nowhere we go back in this relationship with Jesus to go back to a relationship of law and rules and regulations. This is so important because you know it, we don't tend to think like this, but after we get saved, that's when we struggle with sin. We like to think we struggle with sin before we get saved. You didn't care about sin before you got saved. 
you can't struggle with something that you don't even care about. But now that you've been made perfect and complete in Christ, you think, oh my God, this thing, this sin is so vile and disgusting. I don't want it in my life. That's when the struggle starts. That's why you see so many people get saved and you never see them again. Because we tell them a miracle has taken place in their life and it has. And they go right back out the doors and they think everything is different. And it is. But then they feel that tug of sin. And if there's nobody to tell them what I'm telling you today, then the devil's going to tell them, you're not saved. Because if you were saved, you wouldn't be having these thoughts. You wouldn't be feeling this temptation that you feel. You still want to sin? You didn't get it. Those people in that church, they don't have that same feeling. They don't struggle like you're struggling. You're not really saved. And then because you don't know who you are in Christ, you believe that. Come on now, I know I'm telling the truth. Some of you are right there right now. You're there every weekend. During the week, you feel this struggle and this hopelessness because you know there's a fight going on inside of you and the devil's telling you it's because you're not saved. And I'm telling you it's because you are saved. Don't run back to slavery. Run to the Father. He redeems us. He adopts us. And then the Bible tells us, and because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Not only are you His Son, but He said, I'm not going to change my mind about you. And He seals us with the Spirit of God. See, this goes deeper than blood. You are sealed by spirit and in truth. By spirit and truth. You know, that's what he told the woman at the well. He said, you're going to want to worship me, but, but you need to quit worrying about where you're going to worship me. There's coming a day, and this day was at the appointed time when God sent his son Jesus when he died on the cross and he rose again, he said there's coming a day when those who will worship me, it won't be on this mountain or that mountain or that church or that church. When those who are really going to worship me, they will worship me in spirit and in truth. And the only way this happens is when God redeems you. He adopts you. And then he says, this one is mine. 
and he seals you. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 says, unto the day of redemption. He stamps you. He seals you with his spirit. Ephesians, um, excuse me, 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 23 says, he put the seed of Jesus on the inside of me. This isn't about just going to church, you see. We've cheapened Christianity. And I hear people and it's, it makes me sick. Those people over there, they're radical Christian. What does that, what does that mean? They're radical? There is no other way to live this life. It starts with a radical thing happening. It, it's all radical. Every bit of it's radical. Faith is radical. Trusting in something you cannot see. What do you mean this one's radical and this one's not? I think what we mean is this is religion and this is relationship. And religion goes to church. And religion says they know God. And religion makes sure they take communion. But relationship is when you feel like I don't, you don't know where to turn and where to go and what to do. And you bust your knees <laughs> on a hard floor somewhere. And you don't know what to say. And you don't know how to pray. But all you can do is whisper the name that's above every other name. The name of Jesus. And something radical happens. God moves. Things change. You do hear me? What, you hear what I'm saying this morning? I'm talking about someone who's been redeemed. Someone who has been adopted. Someone who has the spirit of Jesus living on the inside of them. That's radical. I love the fact that this seal of the Holy Spirit says that no matter how my performance fluctuates, and it will, won't it? Oh, I thought we were going to tell the truth in here this morning. It will, won't it? Sometimes you feel like you're so close to Jesus. You know what I'm talking about? And then sometimes you feel like you're so far away from him, don't you? This preacher does. Sometimes I wake up and think, I'm so saved. And sometimes I wake up and think, I don't feel saved at all. Anybody else? Yet I'm sealed. And it doesn't matter how I feel or what I feel. I know that I've been adopted. I know that I've been redeemed. I know that I've been sealed by his spirit. I've been adopted. He's put his spirit in me. And then the Bible says, Something radical 
Like, Jesus has come to give you life. But not just ordinary life. Abundant life. So, he's adopted us. He's redeemed us. He's put his spirit in us. And this, my, this is my last point. And then he put us in the will. Not in his will. The will. I mean, because now I'm not a slave. A slave don't get anything. A servant don't typically get anything but wages from what they earn. From what they earn. And God done away with that. He says, if you get what you earn, you're going to get death. But I'm going to rescue you from the kingdom of darkness. I'm going to adopt you. I'm going to put my, I'm going to do something blood can't do. I'm going to put my spirit in you. I'm going to seal you into the day of redemption. And then I tell you what I'm going to do. Everything that belongs to my son Jesus now belongs to you. Well, that's good news. He put us in his will. I'm going to read the will. Let me read the will. Joy is yours. You was wondering about peace? He left it for you. It's yours. Strength, he left it for you. It's yours. Everything that you're ever going to need, God said, I've already provided it for you. Here it is. You can have it. You don't have to wait. You can walk in it now. Oh, my God. Leave it. Romans chapter 8, verse 17. So if I've made you children, and you are, then you're also heirs. Heirs of God. Co-heirs. With Christ. Wait a minute now. Let's read the whole thing. If we indeed, if indeed, we suffer with him. Oh, man. Now, I didn't want to say that. I, I, because there's so many out there, and I... You know, just say that just ain't true. That we're not going to have to suffer. And we're not going to have any problems. And we're not going to have any issues. How long you been on this earth? How long you been saved? I didn't start having issues till I got saved. Huh? I mean, really, right? He said, you're going to be heirs and co-heirs with Jesus, heirs of God, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified in him. And then there's a scripture that says this. Paul writes, and I didn't give it to you, Bill, but it says, The glory that is awaiting us, and I'm paraphrasing, cannot compare to the sufferings that we may endure. 
I'm going to tell you, there is going to be some trials and some trouble and some tribulation, but I find great confidence and assurance in knowing that Jesus don't get scared and that when I go through it, he goes through it with me. And when I, anybody know what I'm talking about? And when I walk through it, there's going to be some people, they're going to leave you hanging. They're going to leave you stranded. They're going to say, I'm praying for you. And you know they ain't praying for you. But God, the Bible says, Jesus, our elder brother, is ever making intercession for us so I can even walk through the valley of the shadow of death and I don't have to fear no evil. Why? Because I've been adopted. I've been redeemed. I'm an heir of Jesus Christ. I'm in the will and he'll never leave me nor forsake me. He will not give up on me. He will not quit on me. He will not uh, excommunicate me from the family, but he said he'll stick closer to me than a brother. He told me he'd never leave me. He'd never forsake me. When others walk out, he's there. When others give up, he's there. When others say, I don't know, God says, I know. I already knew that you were going to have to go through this. But it doesn't change the promise I've made to you. He who started a good work in you will see it to its completion. I got you in the wheel. He said he's adopted us. He's redeemed us. He put his spirit in us. He put us in his will. You say, well, what is Jesus doing now? Well, he's done everything he needs to do. Now, he's calling us. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.